Hey, what's up, friends? Welcome to Bible Study Live with Matt. I'm Matt. It's been some days. I was in Michigan last week traveling, so uh, I am back home. It is 11.33 a.m. I've got a meeting in about 20 minutes, but uh, last night we had, uh, we'd heard a great message, or excuse me, <laughs> Sunday, yeah, yesterday morning. We heard a great message at church, and it really just sparked something with me that I just wanted to do a Bible Study Live on today, and it was the importance of truth. Uh, we see a lot of things getting redefined these days. As a matter of fact, I just saw a little clip this morning from uh, somebody else's podcast where uh, they talked about like how things get redefined every time we don't like the definition. For example, uh, recession was redefined. It used to say everywhere, two months uh, or two quarters of consecutive like GDP uh, loss. Uh, and now the definition has been changed. Uh, because why? Well, because we're seeing a whole bunch of loss and we don't want to call it a recession. The reality is that um, we go through hard times. We make bad decisions in life. And just because we've made bad decisions doesn't mean we get to redefine uh, what every term in the world is. So today, though, I want to talk about this, why my opinion on this shouldn't be what matters to you. We're going to take a look at what Jesus says about truth and why it's so important. So let's dig in. All right, we are back. What we're going to do today is we're going to take a look at a little bit of scripture in the book of John. So Jesus is having some conversation uh, with the Jewish folks that uh, are not exactly fans of his. And uh, as always, I want to point this out. The goal is to create some conversation without condemnation. Look, we're not going to we're not going to always agree on stuff, but we're not going to argue over it. We're not going to fight about it. We're just going to dig into God's word. And uh, here's the thing. Um, I don't get it right all the time. Sure, I'm trying, but I'm going to get it wrong sometimes. And when I realize I'm wrong, hopefully I'll go back and I'll say, hey, you know what? I talked about this before, but now I have a, a different perspective on it. But the reality is none of us are going to get it right all of the time. That being said, it's kind of arrogant to assume that we always do get it right. Uh, but today what we're going to do is we're going to dig into a little conversation that Jesus has with some uh, some of the religious leaders and folks uh, back in his day. In, uh, and we're going to take a look at what that means for us today. So uh, I'm reading from the message, whatever you're reading from, NIV, NLT, ESV, New King James. They're all telling the same story. Um, I really just like the, the way that this is worded. Also, none of these headers are in the original manuscripts, nor are the verse and chapter numbers. Those are for our benefit for reference. Uh, but um, I'm, so I'm going to try and get you to not focus on those. Uh, but let's read. We're going to read verses 31 through 38. It says, it says this, Then Jesus returned to the Jews who had claimed to believe in him. If you stick with this, living out what I tell you, you are my disciples for sure. Then you'll experience for yourselves the truth, and the truth will free you. Surprised, they said, but we're descendants of Abraham. We've never been slaves to anyone. How can you say the truth will free you? Jesus said, I tell you most solemnly that anyone who chooses a life of sin is trapped in a dead-end life. In fact, a slave. A slave can't come and go at will. The son, though has an established position, the run of the house. So if the sun sets you free, you are free through and through. I know you're Abraham's descendants. 
But I also know that you're trying to kill me because my message hasn't yet penetrated your thick skulls. I'm talking about things I've seen while keeping company with the father, and you just go on doing whatever you've heard from your father. Now, I'm going to also pull this up in the NIV, just uh, because you might go, oh, I haven't heard it that way. So the message is paraphrased by Eugene Peterson. Captures everything beautifully uh, so that you can understand the text in context. But we'll read from the NIV too. To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We're Abraham. We are Abraham's descendants, and we've never been slaves to anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the sun sets you free, you'll be free indeed. All right, let's break this down just a little bit. Okay, first things first, Jesus starts out this conversation by saying, look, if you hold to my teaching, you're truly my disciple. What's a disciple? A student, a learner. So Jesus is saying, look, if you're living out what I tell you, okay, that's what this hold to my teaching. If you're, if you're living out what I'm telling you, then it's obvious you're with me. You're my follower, my student, my disciple. And then he makes a very bold statement. He says, then you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. Now, the interesting thing to me as I wrestled with this is their first response was, we've never been slaves or Abraham's descendants. Like they're looking at it as though Jesus is saying to them, I'm going to bring you up out of Roman, Roman bondage. And they're going, we're not slaves. We're not slaves to the Romans. But what Jesus is trying to tell them is very obvious because he says it. He says, look, you're living a life of sin. You're claiming to follow me, yet your, your walk, your life, what you're choosing to do doesn't align with what you claim, which means you are still a slave to that sinful life. Now, here's the deal, friends. I've been, there have been spaces in my life where I've said, yeah, I'm following Jesus, but then I I would say or do something stupid. I make a behavioral choice that doesn't align with my mouth, right? Like to say, I follow Jesus. I love God. And then go out there and just be this foul mouthed fool. People aren't going to look at me and go, oh, oh yeah, you obviously follow Jesus. Duh. Yeah. Like your actions align. See, as Jesus was talking to them, those who claim to follow him, he's making a very big point here. It seems like. Seems like he's saying, hey, your life isn't aligning with what you're claiming. And he says, and that means you're under the bondage of sin. See, here's the deal. When Jesus says, "If once you know the truth, the truth will free you. The problem is, let's look at 2022. We just redefine truth when we don't like it. Well, this is my truth. No, there's the truth. Now, we have a set of life experiences that frame the way that we see things, but that doesn't change the truth, right? Like there is good and there is evil in this world. That's, that's just true. Now the truth is nothing evil comes from God. All good things come from God, whether we acknowledge him or not. Right? So the beautiful sunrise and sunset, the, the, the beauty of love, Uh, kindness, compassion, those are all gifts from God. Those are all things, those are all those moments where we resemble the image of God that we're created in. Anger, violence, wrath, vengeance, hatred, theft, uh, rape, murder, 
lies. These all come from the enemy. Those aren't from God. Those are bad things. Okay? Like, that's just, it, it is what it is. We may not like to hear that, but it's true. You know, I had a friend once ask me, I've got friends and family members who are gay. And I, and I had a friend once ask me, um, like, hey, you go to church and you believe in God, so uh, how, how are you friends with me? And I said, what do you mean? And she said, well, obviously, uh, you know, I'm, I'm gay and I'm married to my wife. And I said, so how are, she said, so, so how does you being a Christian, how can you be friends with me? And I said, well, number one, uh, I'm, I'm not the one you're accountable to with your life choices, right? That's just first and foremost. And I said, now, are you asking me how I feel or what the Bible says? Because how I feel is, I mean, I love you. You're my friend. The end, right? Like I'm, I, I'm told, I'm told to show love and compassion and mercy and grace. Same way God did to me. The scriptures say, while I was still his enemy, he rescued me, right? While I was still the enemy of God, Jesus died for my sins. While I was living apart from him, while I was making choices apart from him, and I wasn't even claiming to follow him. Jesus died for me to restore me, to, to, to redeem me from, from hell and restore me. Now, it doesn't mean that it bought me a ticket to heaven because I wasn't following Jesus, right? And I said to my friend, I go, if you're asking me what, how I feel, I feel like you're my friend. I love you. I don't, I'm not judging your, your choices in life, your sin any more than I'd hope you'd judge me for mine, right? It's not my place to condemn you. Now, are you asking me what the Bible says about it? Because what the Bible says is, is it is a sin, right? The Bible says being gay is a sin. Homosexuality is a sin. The Bible also says adultery is a sin. The Bible also uh, shows us that immoral sex is a sin. And guess who was single and living that life? The Bible also says drunkenness is a sin. Guess who spent a lot of years drunk off his butt? Me. See, here's the challenge, friends, and I think this is the hard, it's a hard one for Christians to walk sometimes, is we feel like, well, because I know something's a sin, now I have to get in condemner mode. Nope. But by the same token, we don't get in affirm the sin mode, right? That's the truth. The truth is I can love you in spite of your sinful choices, just like I would hope you would love me in spite of mine. But being saved by Jesus isn't a license to go live those bad life choices. It's not a license to go slap God in the face and say, well, I'm saved, so I'm going to live how I want. That's not what that's about. It's really disrespectful, too, to God. That's, and, and is that how we treat someone that we love, right? So if God loves me and I say, well, I love Jesus. Well, if I love Jesus, like it says in the scriptures, if you love me, keep my commands, right? So if we love Jesus, we should be making an attempt to live the way he told us to live. And sometimes that's a very hard thing for us to grasp, isn't it? Right? Jesus, if you love me, keep my commands. What, what were his commands? Well, let's go to the most important because everything else hangs off it. Love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Well, what does it mean to love God? To love God means to seek a relationship with him, to say, Father, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to live? What's, what's the best plan for my life? What do you want me to do? And being willing to follow his plan. That's loving God. And what is loving my neighbor as much as I love myself? It means understanding that God has shown me grace and mercy and love. And I'm to do the same for my neighbor. It means that God is always honest with me. 
and I should do the same for my neighbor. Now, here's a trickery. Here, here's some trickery that we run into, friends. Sometimes we think, well, being honest means I have to go look for everyone's sins and call them out. No. Scripture doesn't say that at all. It doesn't go say, go seek out everyone else's shortcomings and point them out. Actually, the scriptures tell us, hey, if, if you want to measure somebody by a certain stick, be, be prepared to be measured with the same. Right? We see the story of the, the guy who was forgiven this huge debt from the king, and then, uh, and, and then the ki- he, he leaves the king's presence and walks right out and goes to another servant who owes him a little bit. Basically, he owed the king like the equivalent of five million bucks, and the king forgives him, and he walks out, and the guy owes him 10 bucks, and he's choking him to death. He's saying, like, you better pay me back, or I'm going to get you sold into servant, you know, whatever. And, and then the king hears about him and calls him back and goes, whoa, mm-mm-mm. I forgave you all this and you're going to treat somebody like that? No, never mind. I'm not canceling your debt. See, so we're we're not called to go point out everybody else's failures. We're not called to go point out everyone else's sin. Uh, and some of my Christian friends, that's going to come as a surprise to you. But you're not. You're not called to go and point out everybody else's shortcomings. That being said, if somebody asks you, hey, hey, uh, you know, what's the Bible say about this? What's the Bible say about that? Well, we're also not supposed to pretend it doesn't say what it says, right? Like, here's the deal. The Bible says, uh, don't lie, don't cheat, don't steal. Don't do that stuff, okay? Well, we're not supposed to do that stuff. The Bible says, love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, I'm supposed to do that. If I see somebody in need, I'm supposed to try and help them. If I see somebody hurting, I'm supposed to try and help them. You know, there's this beautiful thing in the scripture where Jesus talking. He's like, look, uh, you know, when I was sick, you took care of me. When I was hungry, you fed me. When I was in jail, you gave me something. What are you talking about? His followers like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you talking about? When were you sick that we came and took care of you? When were you hungry and we fed you? When were you thirsty and we gave you a drink? When were you in jail and we came to see you? And Jesus said, whatever you did for the least of these, you did for me. I have the privilege and honor of getting involved, thanks to a, a gentleman named Bob Salyers at the church that we're part of. Uh, he he heads up the jail ministry at our campus, and man, I got invited to to come and help with that. And what a what a cool experience it is. You know, it's easy to think folks make mistakes in life; they end up in jail, and then we we write them off like, oh well, dumb choice, play stupid games, win stupid prizes, right? Well, they're they're paying the price for it, right? That that's why they're in there. They made stupid decisions. Regardless of the reason, they made some dumb decisions, got caught, and now they're paying the price for it. But how many of us, man, have gone through life, made dumb decisions? The only difference between us and them is we didn't get caught. I know there's some things I did when I was younger that would have landed me in jail. Thankfully, I just didn't get caught. When I was younger, younger, and we were skateboarders, we'd always get picked up by the cops, breaking the law all the time. Skateboarding was a crime. Skateboarding is not a crime. But But it was in the little town that I grew up in. And we got in trouble for it. It was dumb. I, th- I still think it was dumb, but it was also the law and I broke it. But the challenge is a lot of times folks, you know, they make bad life choices and we write them off forever instead of saying, I mean, nobody's, nobody's beyond redemption. Here's the thing, my friends. Jesus said, if we know the truth, the truth, truth will free us. It will free us from the bondage of sin. That's what he's referring to in this conversation that he's having with these uh, other Jewish folks with him. 
He's saying, look, you are a slave to sin. If you're living a life where you're sinning, if you're living a life, and none of us are perfect, so don't read this that way. This is, some, this is not some holier than thou. Like, look at me, I'm sin free. Baloney. No, not true. I still fall down. I still make mistakes. I still go to the feet of Jesus to go, God, thanks for your forgiveness. I'm, I'm sorry that I, that I just have been making stupid choices and going a stupid direction. But here's the reality. Jesus said, if you know the truth, the truth will free you. If we are not just, if we're, if we're redefining truth every time we don't like the consequences of the truth, then we truly are. We're, 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 we're actually the ones creating our own bondage. When we're living a life of lies rather than saying, when we're saying, how do I change the definition so that I feel better? Instead of saying, how do I, how do I live closer to your truth? God, when we make the choice to, to, to ignore God's truth and ignore the, the, the benefits that it can bring in, in, in positive life change, when we choose to ignore that, then we're, we're the ones putting the lock on the shackles. We're choosing to stay incarcerated in a life of sin. Now, here's the thing. You're not going to achieve perfection in your life. Neither am I. But every day brings the opportunity to make better choices that draw us closer to God and closer to Jesus. The question is, will you make those choices? See, my friend, by the way, who is still a friend, who asked me, hey, I'm gay and you're a Christian. How can you be my friend? And I said, because you're my friend and I love you. The end. You know, but if you ask what the Bible says, the Bible says homosexuality is a sin. Just because... I'm still your friend just because I love you. That doesn't change that uh, your lifestyle choice is something that the scriptures say God doesn't approve of. I'm not going and joining you at the pride parade. I'm not encouraging like saying, yeah, high five. This is a good choice, right? I didn't, I didn't do any of that. I just said, Hey, Bible says this, God's never wrong, but I'm also called to love you the way that I want to be loved. And so you know what the Bible says. Now the question is, are you going to choose to, to follow what God says to you, right? Like, I mean, that's what it all comes back to. I'm not accountable for your choices. For some reason, and I used that example, by the way, and I'm going to wrap this up, but I used that example for a very important reason. For some reason, we at the church tend to put um, certain sins uh, on a higher like pedestal, right? Uh, we tend to say, someone's homosexual it's like a super sin right like oh, it's, it's, that's not what scripture says you know what scripture says all fall short all sin and fall short of the glory of god and the scriptures tell us that through one man adam sin entered the world and through one man jesus sin was overcome right how much more powerful is his grace and mercy than the than the power of, of sin and death that satan brought into that garden jesus not only overcame it but he overcame it with a force right like he didn't just overcome he overcame for all of humanity he rescued us from hell now that being said once we acknowledge him and we know that right like we're accountable for what we know once once we know that like then the challenge is you know we walk around saying hey i'm a christian or i'm a follower of jesus uh and then we but then we justify sinful lifestyle choices it just doesn't line up man I, and i've done it before too so it's stupid 
All right, it's just stupid. We know better. Here's the thing: do you do you really want a better life? God's God's plan is the ultimate plan for your life, right? This isn't it. It isn't the Bible isn't a self help book. This isn't some. This isn't the secret, right? It's not the law of attraction. All of those principles, by the way, do apply biblically, right? Faith in mustard seed, tell the mountain to move. It's interesting. All these self help books tend to pull little bits and pieces out of the scripture, but they never really acknowledge the true source of it all, which is God. All good things come from God. Right? All things work for the glory of God. You and I were created in God's image, which means that we exist and we show his glory manifest every single day. But it's when we choose to. If we choose to live apart from God, we choose to live a lifestyle apart from God. If we choose to make decisions that dishonor God, we're not showing his light. We're not showing his glory. We're not bringing flavor to the world. We're not bringing beauty. We're perpetuating the sin cycle. And I'd like to believe we're better than that. So here's the deal. If you want to live an abundant life, you want to live the best life possible, then it's time to acknowledge the creator of that life and his truth. It's time to realize that the truth of who you are, who God created you to be, is amazing. It's time to acknowledge the truth that we haven't always made decisions that honor God and that those decisions have consequences in this life and the age to come. But it's also time to acknowledge that it isn't too late to turn around now and repent, to change our direction, to say, God, forgive me. Open my eyes and ears. Help me hear you and show me your ways. Show me the right way to live that honors you, God. And I encourage you, friends, if you've never said yes to Jesus, can you make today the day? Look, if you need a Bible, you can. Uh, the Bible app's downloadable on your phone. If you're somebody who goes, man, I can't read that. He so ever saith stuff. I can't either, man. I don't speak King James. But if you want an easy read Bible, download the Bible app on your phone. It's free. Re download the message translation or the new living translation. Both very readable, very very readable, and they they nail it. Like the con text and context is good. If you really want a little deeper understanding, download the translation that's called the uh, NET, the New English Translation. It puts translator notes in there, shows you what's omitted from the Bible, things that get left out. For example, in the end of Mark, there's a whole spot in there that many translations leave out because they think they were added by a scribe and not at all written by Mark. The whole thing about, you know, uh, drinking poison and get bit by snakes not Mark's writing style and there's nowhere else that it's recorded that that Jesus talked about any of that stuff yet we have whole denominations that you know handle snakes and dance around doing some crazy stuff man so the NET will give you some good translator notes listen no matter where you're at in your journey no matter what struggles you've had you need to know a couple things number one God loves you number two you're never too far never too far down that wrong path to turn back around Okay? You're never too far gone. God loves you, and you're never too far gone. And the last thing I want to encourage you with this is with is uh, last thing I want to encourage you with is this. It always comes back to a choice. Everything's a gift, but not but <laughs> everything is a gift. Jesus' death on the cross is what rescued us from the eternal punishment we deserve. 
But when he did that, it didn't buy you and I a ticket into eternity. It bought us a ticket out of eternal fire. It didn't buy us a ticket to heaven. Jesus said the only way to God is through him. The only way to, to, to go through Jesus is to follow him. Right? He's the one showing us the way. So please make today the day that you say, I'm going to choose to become a disciple of Jesus, a learner of Jesus, a student of Jesus. Start in the New Testament. Read the book of John. Read the book of Matthew. Matthew starts out with a whole bunch of lineage because he's proving to the, the Hebrew readers, hey, here's the lineage that we know is leading to proof that Jesus is Messiah. So for many of you who are not Jewish, you may go, what's with all this lineage? Like, why is he son of this, son of that? Why is it going through all that? That's why. Because the audience he's writing to are Jewish people, Hebrew people. And so he's trying to show them the lineage to prove what they've been expecting for the Messiah to come. But Matthew and John were both eyewitnesses that walked with Jesus. Uh, Mark uh, is a, was a disciple of Peter. Um, so, uh, so he got his info, you know, from somebody who walked with Jesus and then Luke, Dr. Luke, he did research from everybody and seemed to be pretty close to Paul, but read Matthew, read John, get to know Jesus and then decide for yourself if the life he talks about is worth following. I would challenge you with this. If you read the words of Jesus in Matthew and John and how Jesus genuinely said we are to live, uh, you look at that and there's no way you could say this world wouldn't Thanks for tuning in to Bible Study Live this Monday, August 8th. God bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you. And may he uh, have his angels encamp about you all throughout this week to protect you. And I pray that you will make the choice to keep God right where he belongs, which is first place in your life. Thanks again for tuning in, and uh, I'll see you guys tomorrow. Ooh, uh.